Welcome to Ignite Purpose. This is Christina Foxwell, and this is season four of our Ignite Purpose with Christina um, series. And we're talking about growth and evolution of self and then evolution of those around us. And I am so excited to have um, Shantae uh, Mears Watkins. Did I say that right? You did, you did. Okay, who's the Chief Commercial Officer at Cliff Bar & Co. And I had the wonderful privilege to work with you and your leadership team. Was it two years ago? Feels like yeah, more, yeah, about two years ago. About two years ago, yeah. Okay. Two, yeah, 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a while back and yet we've stayed in touch. You've moved back to the US, you're in San Francisco. Yes. And, um, I've invited you in because obviously we've kept in touch and watched each other evolve. And I really wanted to speak to you today about your journey as a leader and the importance of leaning into growth. Absolutely. What a great topic. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Maya Angelou's got this fabulous saying, and I hope I don't botch it up, which is um, never never take a shirt from a naked man. <laughs> <laughs> and so don't you like that? No, I love it. All right. So you're a senior executive. Developing who you are is a critical component of not being the person, the naked man giving away a shirt, right? That's right. Talk to me about what learning growth and and that development of self means to you. Yeah. One of the things I have had to learn in my career, especially I would say the last sort of five to seven years, has been a continuous investment in my own self, my own mental health, balancing these really hard work periods with resting as hard as I work um, so that I'm not that, you know, that naked person trying to give away a shirt. You've got to have something to give. Um, and I would say the first, you know, the first couple phases of my career, I'd get by by working harder than everyone else, by putting in more hours, by doing just a little bit more prep. Um, so muscling through getting work done. And as my stands of responsibility expanded, as the number of people I needed to influence expanded, I realized I couldn't be and have the impact at that scale by muscling. Yeah. That there needed to be a rejuvenation. I needed to make sure I took those rest periods that I was investing in myself, et cetera. Um, and so that's really been a journey that I've been on for the last, for the last few years, keeping that top of mind. My family plays a really big role in helping to keep me honest um, there. I have had numerous mentors and coaches that I've engaged to help to keep me honest and accountable uh, as well over the years. And, um, and I, and I try to make sure I put myself in a position where I have to learn something new. I have to, you know, uh, be on the edge of growth, at least, you know, sort of one big commitment a year, right. Where I'm, where I really have to work against something that's, um, that's bigger than the day to day to keep me on that growth edge. 
I love that. I love that. As an executive, getting a coach to help keep you accountable. How hard is that? so hard i think that you have i think it's interesting i've had executive coaches um maybe four or five times over the course of you know my my career over the last sort of um 15 15 years yes. and there i've had a dramatically different experience with coaches number one i'm certain that the you know the chemistry between you and a coach matters right you have absolutely to have a coach that that fits you um, and that you feel that can press you and to keep you accountable and that you feel comfortable opening up to and be, being vulnerable. Mm. Um, but I've had a dramatically different experience of when I was really mentally and emotionally ready to do the work than when I wasn't. Mm. Um, and so the times when I was kind of winging it or just going through the motions or not really ready to you know, to lay bare um, the, the whys, the really deep roots of why I behaved the way I did, why I um, showed up in the way I did, and really willing to put myself out of my comfort zone to correct um, some of those behaviors. The growth is, it's undeniable between, you know, one experience and another. So I think you really have to be ready um to to take on a coach and only you you know as an individual can say like I'm ready I'm gonna cry you know every week <laughs> that's okay <laughs> I'm going to be angry at myself because I didn't do my homework and that's okay um I'm going to you know really leap into um into this sort of courageous unknown of what it could look like to reach another level of greatness and leadership um, really in service of, of all the people around you. You know, as somebody who does alignment coaching where we kind of get into the group and then I do executive coaching, the coaching that works is when people jump in. Because our job as a coach is just to show mirrors, right? That's right. And to take people back to what they said and to get them to reflect back to what was important um, because we can't make the change happen. You make the change happen. That's exactly right. I, um, I remember, Christina, when we were working together, I remember you had us do a share and, um, and we were off site and we were supposed to bring an object and share um, a story that maybe we hadn't shared before, but sort of explain how and why we showed up. And I remember going around my house at the time and, and um, because I was living outside of the country, I didn't have all of my stuff with me. So I was like, oh, well, what sort of historical object would I bring? And um, it would have been really easy for me to pick up an object and to say, okay, I'm gonna share this. And yes, it has some meaning to me. Um, but I remember right as I left the door to go to, that offsite, I switched the object that I took with me. Yes. And that, that what I took was actually, you know, it was more deep. It was, it was more uncomfortable, frankly. And I remember when I was, got to the point where we were in a group and we we're sharing it, my heart felt like it was beating outside of my chest. And I acknowledged that in the meeting. And I was like, my heart is beating so fast right now, which tells me that I'm in the place to actually be vulnerable. 
Like I could have skipped out on getting to a, a you know this level of vulnerability, and we would have gotten some, something mm -hmm. out of it. But it, at that moment, I switched the object. I you know said, okay, I'm going to really, really um, go deep with this team, and I do think that um, approaching it with that level of honesty and truth and willingness to be vulnerable you know, ultimately made for a situation where our team could develop deeper levels of trust and they could see me modeling that behavior as well. And I could see the shift. It was like profound. Shantae, I put something out on LinkedIn today. Dr. Susan David, I follow her. She's in the US. Um, and she spoke about, we have to walk through fear. We have to have the bravery to walk through fear. And that's learning and growth, right? That is absolutely right. Absolutely right. And then sometimes in the executive space, we get taught to ignore fear. Have you seen yes, that? That's right. Um, I think sometimes we are taught to ignore fear. And, and we can't. It's, it's, it's there. It's part, of, it's part of the human experience. Um, I think... As a, as a human being, as a leader, when you acknowledge, number one, you know, I, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it my best. I don't know how it's gonna turn out. I, you know, we have fears all the time. Fear that we're not gonna be enough. Um, fear that we're gonna give it our all, <laughs> but yet and still, it's not gonna be enough, right? That's probably my, 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 deep, my deep fear that I go to work with every day. Um, and I have to walk in that and acknowledging that actually, I think makes room for people who are coming up behind, behind me in an organization to, um, to realize that like, to be a leader is to be human. Um, and they don't have to shed whatever, you know, whatever, um, whatever layers they feel like they, of their authentic self. They don't have to shed those layers to fit in whatever mo mo mode of what they think a leader is. Mm. Um, that, that humanity, that authenticity actually is part of it. It actually makes you, again, a better leader, um, not just pointing a, uh, an organization in the direction it's supposed to go, but ultimately making better future leaders, which I think is also a, a big part of our job as leaders and organizations, not just to get the results, but make future leaders. Uh, and that humanity that. and fear is part of it is so important. I love that. So <clears throat> the calling of a leader is to create leaders. That's right. Be a uh, leader of leaders. <laughs> be a leader of leaders. And that's a tough job because that means you've got to walk it. I used this analogy recently because I was with an executive team um, and their next level down extended leadership or whatever you want to call it. And I was sharing an insight around what is leadership. You know, you've spent some time with me. I can get very graphic in explaining these stories. And for me, leadership has to stick to our feet. It's like if I had leadership glitter on the floor. Okay. Do I avoid it? Do I step on everything but it? Or do I walk through it? And then I immerse myself in that moment so that leadership sticks to me. Yeah. That's a beautiful visual analogy. Isn't I think it? about leadership sticking to my feet. Next time you get to one of your executive meetings, throw glitter on the floor. Throw glitter. <laughs> throw glitter out. 
leadership, guys. This is leadership, guys. We're going to walk through it. <laughs> walk through it. And as we keep walking out the room, the glitter that was stuck to our feet leaves a trail of leadership. Yeah. You know, and it's those moments. So you you are a leader that builds legacy, Shantae. But it's not always easy because you're also a human being. How do you reflect on those moments where you know you could have done this better? Um, and you've got to grow through this piece, how do you generally work with that in your own heart? I am, I mean, I'll start by saying um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Ooh. I am. <laughs> Love that. I try really hard to not be my own worst critic, but there's, I'm wired to be my own worst critic. And I've mm. been working working through this. Um, I think, you know, many of us are, that's not a unique, a unique, a unique position to be in. But when I am in a situation and I feel like I could have done better, I feel like I didn't meet the goal, um, or I know I didn't meet the goal. Um, I have to acknowledge that like, I'm going to feel down about that. And I think that some of that feeling is the flip side of what makes you a good leader and that mm -hmm. you care, right? You're very conscientious, like you're very thoughtful about your work. You want to win, you want to win, not for yourself, but want to win for, you know, the impact it has on, on people, whether it's your employees, whether it's your consumers, whether it's your stakeholders, et cetera. So I take it personally. Mm -hmm. um, and I take it very seriously when I don't miss a mark. Um, so I have to acknowledge that that, 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 that that is true. What I try to do is to not wallow in that. Like I give myself a period of time where I'm like, all right, I can, I can have my pity party for a certain period of time. And then I got to find, I got to find my way out. So I try to shorten that, that sort of dip that I know I'm going to. The other thing that I try to tell myself um, is that, do I believe that someone else would have made the same mistake or would have made the same misstep? Mm -hmm. um, and would I make my, that same misstep again? So I try to shift more, more so from a conversation around failure or shortcoming and shift it to my ability to learn, my ability to be, uh, to bounce back. And the, the flip side of having been someone who has worked really hard and it invests a lot in learning mm -hmm. is that you develop this muscle in being confident in your ability to learn. So even though I might not always hit the mark on, on results, I am really confident in my ability to learn and adapt and go after a problem as well as anybody else can. Mm. And so that's one of the things I, I try to sit with when, you know, when we haven't met the mark, it's like, nobody could have done it better. And, um, and I'm adaptable and I can learn and that, you know, that mistake, that misstep won't be made again. So I, I've tried to shift from an outcome-based thinking 
to more of a learning based thinking, this growth mindset. Um, and it's really, it, it really helps me to get out of that funk that I know I'm going to find myself in. It helps me get out of that funk faster. <laughs> I love it. I often say, please don't go and um, have a holiday in the pain. You've got to walk through it and recognize that how you feel is valid and what you're feeling. And then you unplug the fear and you plug into love. And maybe that's even more scary. Yeah. Because we don't get taught how to plug into love. That's like a no-no. What are you talking about, Christina? you know we don't talk about emotions here i have this analogy of a ninja barbie so executives and specifically women often and you spoke about this now we have this thing that we put on this armor which i call ninja bar mine is ninja barbie right it's the persona we wear that's tough agile perfect amazing i can just keep going right Do you think we ever really shed it or do you think, and that's, I mean, this is an interesting thought, like it took years and years to craft armor. How quick is it to slip into it? Oh, it's so quick. It's so quick to go back into that, that ninja Barbie, that ninja Barbie phase. Um, I think that it takes a lot of time and cultivation and being in a psychologically safe environment to feel like you can let that guard down, but it can go up so quickly, right? It takes, it takes moments. It takes, you know, um, one person, um, one trigger. Like, okay, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I need to put that armor back up. I'm not safe, um, yes. anymore. So I don't think it ever, in my experience, it doesn't go away. But when you get into an environment where um, you feel psychologically safe, you can soften it a little bit. You can maybe leave part of the armor at home. You don't bring all pieces of the chain mail with you. You know, you you kind of you kind of try it out. Um, and so it's so slow to build, but it's so quick to lose that that mm. feeling of, of of psychological safety. It's interesting, hey. It just takes one person to respond in a way that our brain picks up as an unsafe trigger. And then we show up and we are, um, we've disconnected, you know, and suddenly we have to compete or be in that space. I have one more question I'd like to ask you. I wrote an article recently for a feminine magazine, hopefully it gets published. And it was about um, a glass ceiling that sometimes women feel that they get stuck under um and i said well the way i got out from under the glass ceiling because i I wrestled with that ceiling like i was like i'm gonna have war with you man (laughs) i will make my way through and it was stupid i i found i needed to get out out from under the glass ceiling because i could but only when i stopped wrestling this analogy i've just given you have you ever been there yeah, it's, I have found myself, you know, I'm a Black American woman in business, mm-hmm. and there are not a lot of people represented at high levels in American business that look like me. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, there are number, a number of ceilings, quote unquote ceilings, that one would think I would bump up against 
but it's it, it but for me it was a little bit different it, it i have felt as though there's so many potential obstacles that i could be distracted by if i chose to be mm-hmm. that just forget them all just you know just 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 do it just just be yourself just you know and who knows where 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 you're going to land um and so you know with all of those potential obstacles i could feel like I was trapped by them or I was confined by them, but I've tried to really try to put as much of that noise behind me, try to bring the authenticity to the table, try to um, bring love to the table as you, as you call it, um, and, and lead from there. And who knows where, where I land. Um, I have you know, been successful with that recipe kind of over and over again, but I try to just quiet that noise about what we think the, what we think the ceilings are. Beautiful. Because as soon as we focus on the ceiling, we've lost our ability to be who we are. Is there anything you'd leave for any senior leader and executive out there as one or two summarized points of if they want to unlock their success based on your story, what would that be? I think how important, I think two things. One, how important the intersection of logic and empathy and authenticity are in creating trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tend to have places where we naturally gravitate towards. Um, for me, that's logic. Uh, it's very easy for me to jump into, you know, what, what do the data say? What should you do? Um, empathy is also easier for me um, to connect with other people, to try to see things from their perspective, to, uh, to care about, uh, about other people um, and act from that place. You know, you talked about love. Love is actually, if I got down in my sort of five values, um, in business, love is one of them. And when I say that in a, in a, in a work environment, people are like, oh, love. I know. Love is one of your values at work. But it's so true. You have to bring, you know, that the sort of human element, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We talked about community um, and empathy. Um, and then the third one, which is frankly harder for me um, to maintain all the time, is authenticity. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that armor. Um, and I try to be number one, I'm out, out in front often as a leader, um, often out in front as a, you know, black American, um, executive, uh, and not a lot of people who look like me that appear set, right? So I get into these places, places where I try to feel safe. I try to think about making space for the, for the next people to come through that, 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 that glass ceiling. Um, and I have at times felt like, oh, I'm not safe. And then I want to put the armor back on. So for, for me, that, that trifecta, when, there, when those three things are in balance, I'm at my best. And I think that people are at their best in sort of creating these environments where they create other leaders and they're being their full and true self. Um, so that would be the, the one thing I would be. The second is, um, this importance of in continuing to invest in your ability to learn and grow. I think when we think about the future of um, 
the, the, the leaders that we admire nowadays are less about being an expert in a field and more about their ability to adapt, more about their ability to take two seemingly disparate you know, ideas or, or arenas and bring them together. So I think more and more we will value adaptability over expertise. Um, and so investing in this muscle of being able to be flexible, adaptable, continuing to keep yourself on a growth edge where you're not feeling comfortable in 100% of the work that you're doing, I think is so important. And it models the growth edge for the organizations that we all lead. lead sorry. Exactly, because there is no tomorrow that we know for certain. There's only today. Shantae, I have loved chatting to you today. I know you're going to inspire other leaders as they listen to this. And I know why we loved working together. When you said love, I said love. I went, mm -hmm. actually, the first time I met you and I walked out of that office, I was like, that was a marvelous meeting. I wonder why. Um, and so I want to thank you for being in my world and for sharing your story and for encouraging other leaders out there. Um, and I'm going to say, if you would like to connect in with Shantae, I'm sure she is on LinkedIn and you can just send her a message. If you want to connect in with me, please connect in. Um, we want to make space for people to be the best leaders they can be. Absolutely. Um, so, all right. Well, this was Ignite Purpose with Christina Foxwell. Thank you for joining us. If you want to reach out to us on www.ignitepurpose.com.au, please feel free to do that. And we have just launched our Grow Me Guide, which is available on Amazon and Kindle. So download and check us out. We'd love to be here to support your journey as you navigate leadership. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.